You're listening to Coffee Break with New York Wiki. I'm your host, Julie hockheiser Ilkovich. Welcome to a very special episode, which features a recording of New York Women in Communications' first-ever virtual Ladies Who Laugh Comedy Night fundraiser. This event supports the New York Wiki Scholarship Program and so much of the other great work the organization does to support women in communications. Each year, the Ladies Who Laugh event features amazing female comedians performing hilarious stand-up sets. It usually takes place at Caroline's on Broadway, a famous comedy club in New York City. Of course, things are a little different this year, but the show must go on. The team at New York Wiki hosted the event on Zoom on July 22nd, 2020, and four incredible comedians entertained the crowd at a time when we could all use a laugh. We can't wait for you to hear their performances. At the beginning of this recording, you're also going to be introduced to this year's New York Wiki scholarship winners. I'm so excited for you to meet these amazing women. Before we start the episode, a quick heads up. This episode contains some explicit language and themes. It's all very fun, but you've been warned. Enjoy this special recording of Ladies Who Laugh. And thanks for listening. We have been leading the charge to advance women in this business since 1929. There is no other organization that can say that. Proceeds from tonight's event will help us to achieve this mission. Also want you to know that since 2000, New York Women in Communications has awarded more than $1.7 million in scholarships to extraordinarily accomplished high school, undergraduate, and graduate students. And I could not be more thrilled to introduce you to some of those incredible women tonight. I'd like to bring on Sandra Thomas, the New York Women and Communications board member who does a fantastic job of leading our scholarship program. Sandra will pick off, kick off a very special moment featuring our 2020 New York Women in Communications scholarship recipients, of whom I am so proud. So please join me in welcoming Sandra. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Judith. Happy Wednesday to you all. I can't think of a better way to spend a Wednesday right before the thunderstorms start. So we've got a little thunderstorms of our own right here. Um, and let me tell you a little bit about New York Women in Communications scholarships. Each year, as Judith mentioned, as part of our mission to empower women in the communications field, most are named um, or sponsored awards supported by corporations or foundations. The recipients, whom you will meet tonight, are chosen by New York Women in Communications Scholarship Committee and it's all on the basis of academic achievement, demonstrated leadership, participation in school and community service, activities, honors, and other awards or recognitions. And these young women have all of it, if not more. Really inspiring. Um, the need and unusual uh, personal and or family circumstances are also considered. That being said, this year, which has been some kind of year, Right before the madness hit, we were fortunate to recognize and pick this incredible array of young women. This year, we're honoring 13 young women, and I'm excited to introduce you to them tonight. I have not seen most of them since March, so this is very exciting. So please join me in welcoming our 2020 New York Women in Communications Scholarships recipients, and we're going to start with Haley Aldrich. 
Hi everyone, my name is Haley Aldrich. I am a rising junior at Ithaca College studying communication management and design, and I am the recipient of the Hearst Corporation Scholarship, and I'm so excited to be here tonight. I would like to introduce the next recipient, Gabriella Conway. Hi everyone, my name is Gabriella Conway. I am a rising senior at Baruch College, and I was the IPG Scholarship recipient, and like, like Haley said, I'm also very excited to be here. Uh, and the next recipient is Yamila Fridge. Hi everyone, I'm Yamila Fresh. I'm a rising freshman at the University of Pennsylvania, and I received the Esperanza Scholarship. And next is Victoria Giardina. My name is Victoria Giardina. I'm a rising junior at the College of New Jersey studying journalism and professional writing. And I am the recipient of the Carlotti Family Scholarship. And I would like to introduce to you Amanda Gordon. Hi everyone, my name is Amanda Gordon. I am a rising junior at NYU studying film and television production. I am the proud recipient of the Judy Corman Memorial Scholarship from Scholastic. And I would like to introduce Anna Harris. Hi everyone, my name is Anna Harris. I'm a rising senior at Ithaca College. I won the Anne Ligori Foundation Sports Media Scholarship and I'm very excited to announce our next winner, Taffy Lashley. Hi everyone, my name is Taffy. I am a rising senior at Rutgers University and I'm so honored to have received the NYWiki Alumna Award of Excellence. And I would love to introduce the next scholarship winner, Godlis Mahangu. Hey, Taffy. My name is Godlis Mahangu. I'm an incoming sophomore at Rutgers University, and I received the Kaplau Scholarship. I'm really happy and thankful to have received this scholarship. And now I'm going to introduce Drashti Mehta. Hi everyone, I'm Drashti Mehta. I am a rising senior at Hofstra University. I study journalism, political science, and public relations. I am the recipient of the Interpublic Group Scholarship and I'm very, very excited to be here and introduce our next recipient, Brooke Salamone. Hello everyone, my name is Brooke Salamone. I'm a rising senior at Pace University studying communications with a concentration in journalism and digital storytelling. Uh, I am a proud recipient of the Interpublic Group Scholarship and I would like to introduce our next scholarship winner, Ellie Stewart. Hi, I'm Ellie Stewart. I am a rising senior at Penn State studying communications with a focus in public relations and I have won the Meredith Corporation Scholarship. And here's Liz. Everybody, I'm Liz Sugar. Um, I'm going into my second year of my MBA at the College of New Jersey studying strategy, innovation, and leadership. And I won the Meredith Foundation Scholarship. Um, and I'm excited to announce the last scholarship winner, Deja Woolery. Hi everyone, I'm Deja Woolery. Uh, I'm a rising junior at Fordham University studying English and film with concentrations in creative writing and television. And I'm a proud recipient of the Carlozzi Family Scholarship. And being at the end of the alphabet, I'm really uh, excited to pass it back to Sandra Thomas. Thank you. All right. Well, listen, first of all, as, as you can see, this group of young women certainly reflect the diversity that is New York Women in Communications. And I hope everybody from their computers can give them a round of applause. This is really phenomenal. I'm so proud to be here. I can't help smiling as I, I listen to you all reflect on um, who you are, but especially the fact that this has been such an unusual year and you're still saying, I'm a rising junior, I'm a rising senior. That is 
awesome. Keep on rising, ladies. Now, it's my pleasure, and um, I, I'm just really looking forward to this evening, to introduce our MC, Nikki Sunshine. So let's get to the comedy portion of the evening. It's not me. Anyway, I'm delighted to introduce Nikki. Nikki Sunshine is a comedian, actress, and radio personality at 108 Soul of New York. She is the better half of the comedy duo Married and Funny, along with her comedian husband, Jamie Roberts. Makes sense. She currently has a comedy album on iTunes called Love's a Joke. Take it away, Nikki. Yay! Congratulations to all the scholarship winners. Oh, yes, it's ladies' night. And the feeling's right. Oh, yes, it's ladies' night. Oh, what a, oh, what a night. Yeah, that's right. You got the bag. You got the money. I'm so proud of all you amazing ladies. It actually makes me feel bad about the choices I made in college because you know, I went to Northwestern and I should have, I should have studied at Medill. I mean, Medill was right there, but what did I decide to do? I decided to study German. That was my major. German. Warum habe ich Deutsch studiert? Listen, I do nothing with the German language. I mean, it's, ladies, I'm so proud of you and what you're doing. Keep focused on your studies. I'm excited to be here. This is the first ever virtual Ladies Who Laugh comedy show, and we're going to make it memorable. I've been prepping since three. Um, that's when I started sipping wine. So if anybody had, you have my full permission. I started at three, and three seems to be the lucky number of the day because that's how many lunches I had. So, um, yeah, I mean, who cares? It's like, forget, forget looking cute. I, I, I tried to lose weight. You know, this quarantine thing, I, I've gained so much. I've tried to lose weight. I've, I'm, I did um, hip-hop abs. I don't know if anybody's heard of hip-hop abs. With hip-hop abs, you're supposed to do hip-hop dance moves to lose belly fat. Let me tell you something. I didn't lose a damn pound, all right? Almost got pregnant doing this right here. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm trying a different diet. Um, basically, what I'm doing is I'm, um, I'm eating less so I can get drunk quicker. Yeah, I call that the Demi Lovato diet. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Okay. Oh, we have some Demi Lovato. Fa- oh, re- okay. Sorry about that. Um, I really tried to put myself together for tonight. You know, I, I, I'm glad I waxed my beard off for this. Um, I, I waxed my beard off. Oh, I'm the only chicken here with facial hair. Real, I see you. Okay, I can see the ladies in here. I'm the only one. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, I did. I put my good wig on for you, ladies. See, I'm the queen of hair weaves and extensions. I'm, I'm the queen of it. Hair weave to me is like American Express. I just don't leave home without it. All right, <laughs> and this stuff is expensive. This is expensive. I don't let any of it go to waste. Last year, I decorated my Christmas tree in hair weave, okay? That's what I do, because I'm resourceful. I'm resourceful. So, quarantine, we're here. I'm doing my best. I'm uh, helping to take care of my mother-in-law, and she's a joy. She's a joy. She complains. She complains that she's hot. She's cold. Your legs are fat. You know, I've learned a lot about myself. 
uh, in quarantine, I've learned that I will headbutt an elderly person. That's what I've, only on accident. This is what I've learned about myself. Quarantine has taught me a lot because I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best to make my, my marriage work. So I want to help my husband with his mom. And I really want my marriage to last because I can't go back to the foolishness of the dating scene that I experience. I mean, I know the ladies in here, we have like 80 women in here. I know we could put a film together with all the crazy dating stuff and the guys and the, the stuff that we've dealt with. Um, I dated a guy. Well, first of all, the pickup lines. Let's start with that. <laughs> this guy looked me up and down one time. I was on Fifth Avenue. He looks me up and down and he's like, hey, girl, you look good. Ain't nobody knocked you up yet? <laughs> Ain't nobody knocked you up yet is a pickup line. I looked at him. I was like, hey, boy, you look like you from the hood. Ain't nobody locked you up yet. <laughs> All right. I just I can't. I can't because I'm tired of, you know, with the, the foolishness. I dated so many broke guys, you know, and I, I in my dating history, I didn't really date men. I sponsored guys. You know, it was like that Save the Children's commercial, you know, for $20 a day, you too can date Kevin. Help him pay his rent. Help him pay his child support. Call 1-800-HE'S-BROKE-TODAY. Let me tell you something. I dated the guy. He lied and said he was Native American. That was his excuse for living in a tent in the woods. Okay? I had to give a guy $100 to buy me a birthday gift. And guess what he bought me? A $50 Macy's gift card. Listen, this I have to make this marriage work because I can't go back. I can't go back to the gutter. And, you know, I try to encourage, you know, I try to encourage my single girlfriends. You know, these they think that they're going to find guys in like nightclubs and these weird places. And I'm like, look, you're not going to find a decent guy in a nightclub. All you're going to get is harassed and it's going to be by the DJ as soon as you walk in. Here's the DJ. You got money in the bank. Put your hands up. You got health care. Put your hands up. Is that your real hair? Put your hands up. I'm like, that is none of your business, okay? Your job is to play the records. I'm so glad that I'm married. I don't have to go back to these places because it's expensive to go out and, and date and go into these nightclubs. I don't know if you know, I, I went to a club. They tried to charge me $18 for one cocktail, $18. I looked at the bartender. I was like, this drink better get me buzzed real fast. And it better clear up my foot itch for $18. Listen, I'm on a, but I'm not paying $18. It's crazy. And I want to know who made up bottle service. You've heard of this bottle service. Who's the wizard that made bottle service. That's where you pay $300 for the same bottle of vodka. You could get at the corner liquor store for $20. Let me tell you something. If I'm paying $300 for a bottle of vodka, it better have a message in it from Jesus with the winning lottery numbers for the next day. All right? Okay, let me calm down a little bit. Sorry if people were offended that I put Jesus in a joke. You know, I'm, my grandmother raised me as a good Southern Baptist woman. She taught me in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. 
That's what that's what she taught me. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord and he shall direct your path. And I pray about everything. I was just walking into a store the other day and I was praying and I was like, Jesus, please let this wine be on sale, Jesus. <laughs> please let this pregnancy test come back. OK, that's enough <laughs> of that. Ladies, you're beautiful. OK, you're queens, all of you. Don't go down the road. I went down. These guys will respect you. And if they don't, you look them up and down and ask them, did you win a scholarship? I don't think so. <laughs> All right, let's get this thing started. I am so excited to introduce your first comedian of the night. She is a comedian. She's a writer. She calls herself actorish. I don't know if that's like She's putting her skills down, but no, you're not actorish. I'm going to say you are a bona fide actor, okay? Because she appeared on Broad City. She's been on Comedy Central. For more information, you can check out her website, Liz Simmons, and you can follow her on Instagram or Twitter at I am Liz Simmons. Liz Simmons, unmute yourself and let um, her. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me okay? What? Yes. Yeah. All right. Give me a, I'm going to, it's funny. I, the ego in me cannot handle doing this on speaker view because I need to see all your beautiful faces. Uh, so I am going to do gallery view. Uh, Nikki, I totally agree with you. I don't have a beard yet, but I have a mustache and I'm like, thank God my hair is a little bit blonde. Um, so you can't really tell. And I feel, congrats, all of you, first of all, I'm so humbled and impressed by your success. So again, give yourself jazz hands and congratulations. Like I'm trying to make myself look smart is what I'm trying to say. As you can see, I have a beautiful, what they call in business terms, a credibility bookshelf behind me. Uh, it, they are my real books. Um, they, I'm a huge nerd and I love libraries. So they're actually all in alphabetical order by, like, by fiction. And then also uh, the nonfiction in Dewey Decimal. I've tried to hide the sex books because I don't want you to judge me. Um, so, but they're there. And I'm actually, it's funny. So I live in New York City. I live in Astoria in Queens. Are all you guys in the, seems like you're all in the New York area because it's called New York Woman in Communications. Uh, and, but right now I'm actually living, I'm, I'm not living, but I'm staying with my family for a few weeks in Massachusetts. So I'm actually, I'll show you the real background I have. I'm in my sister's childhood bedroom and back, I know, so cute. Um, I would be in my childhood bedroom, but my mother, um, finally took it down after, some 20 odd years because my sister moved in with them and it, it's now a nursery for my nephew. And, um, I graduated high school in 1997, act totally shocked because I look like I'm 25 or a college student, but no, I graduated from high school. Thank you, Kathy. <laughs> uh, and I graduated from high school and my mom, even though I'm here with you, my mom has not changed, had not changed my bedroom uh, since like 1995, it was like, you know, when I, I called it the dead girl's room, what I'm trying to say, it was the type of room that you hear about, like in movies, like I died when I was 14 and my mom couldn't bear it. So she kept everything on the wall. And again, stop, you guys are all like, my bedroom is older than you guys are, most of you, but bear with me. So like I was really, the nineties were like, I know all you guys are awesome and culturally aware. Like I joke around, like we didn't, 
have gay kids in my high school, but people are so much more open. Like anyone who's my age can tell you like that did not happen. So, but yeah, like we were really into social like causes and AIDS awareness. That was the big thing in the early nineties. And I was obsessed with the concept of safe sex. I had all these condom ads on my walls, like saying, even wearing a condom, like sex is, will feel better with a condom. And the thing is, it was only funny because if you knew me back then, there was no danger of me getting AIDS because there was no danger of me ever having sex because I was on the math team, the spelling bee champion, no shame in that because um, I'm sure a lot of you guys were like that too. And I had, but this was the 90s, so I had a perm and a fat ass. So I looked like the little orphan Annie, but the little orphan Annie ate her dog Sandy for sustenance. Uh, it wasn't a good time. And then I've been wearing these glasses forever. I got them when I was 13. And, you know, people said, and I'm sure all my fellow four-eyed freaks, well, we've heard this, glasses make you look smart, which is exactly how you want to look when you're 14 or 13, because guys dig smart chicks. The girl who knew how to spell statistician. <laughs> I'll stop now. Too hot. Easy <laughs> girl? No, they wanted the girl whose math homework they can copy and who knew every word they miss soundtrack in French. Like, I am warning you, Javert, but in French. <laughs> and I took Spanish class. Because I could help the guys get A's. The other girls could help them get hepatitis A. Um, not, not shaming anyone, for sure. Uh, Quarantine life, um, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of like it. Now, this is the first time in modern history that people want to trade places with the 40-year-old single woman who lives alone in New York City. It's the first time. And I will say that with quarantine, I mean, I'm now at my family's house and there's like lots of kids around. It's driving me crazy. Like I, I, I had to close off the door. Like why I'm in my sister's bedroom because it's the only quiet room in the house. Um, but I do love how with um, the, the quarantine, everyone's like, oh my God, I'm going to, we all had high hopes at the beginning of quarantine. Am I right? Like I was going to finish my screenplay. I was going to start a novel. I was going to watch like every episode of every Netflix show. And instead I've made it to level 4,541 in Candy Crush. <laughs> and like I'm not I'm not I might even be higher I, I I'm not going to be tacky and take out my phone and check but everyone who knows I do comedy they say oh my god you must be getting so much material from quarantine I'm like um no what Nikki said I'm <laughs> I'm getting a weight problem and a drinking problem because apparently I'm very popular socially when you don't have to see me in person so <laughs> people like having me at their Zooms, but not in person. Um, what's, what's weird, and I don't know who lives alone and everything, but the first, you know, I, I, I got tested before I came home to see my family. So again, this joke was a little bit more relevant two weeks ago before I came home to see my family, but uh, I, I didn't have any human touch for four months. And it's, it's kind of shocking. Like, I think I had a high five, which was against my consent. Um, <laughs> A friend of mine gave me a high five. But, you know, so I, I said to my brother, I go, you know, it's like, it's really weird to think I'm not going to have any human touch. And he goes, well, like, how is that different from any other <laughs> as a single woman? And it's kind of like a lot of my fellow single friends are saying, oh my God, Liz, it's how are we going to go like six months or three months without sex? I'm like, <laughs> amateurs. Uh, I, 
my entire life for quarantine. I, you know, all you guys are probably A students. I would get an A in celibacy. I'm really, <laughs> I, uh, I, shortly before quarantine, I went to my gynecologist and she said, Liz, are you sexually active? I'm like, define what you mean by active. Like I more sexually dormant, like a volcano. I could have sex today or it could be another 200 years before Mount Liz gets off. But I am enjoying working from home. Anyone else working from home? Jazz hands. You're such a, it's funny. I'm like, you're a polite audience, but then again, you can't really talk uh, because you're muted. I, I will say I, I work in an office in midtown Manhattan. And the one thing I, I overall like it because I can watch TCM during the day. And that's kind of cool. Um, but the biggest problem is one of my roles, because I'm a very important um, assistant, I get to order snacks for the office. And so I got to order um, Quest bars and Quest bars are expensive. And now quarantine, I have to order them on my own dime. That's not fair. And you know, I was, we mentioned earlier, I have done a little bit of acting. The reason why I call myself actor-ish. I, I had a bit part on Broad City. If you watch a show, um, I was one of Alana's coworkers. I, I was an office worker. If you go on my IMDP page, it says Liz Simon's office worker, which is a real stretch for me because I am an office worker. Um, the other thing, very upset. I forgot to steal cleaning supplies from the office. I know we have so many uh, Clorox wipes and Clorox everything because I ordered them. And I thought about going over Queensboro Bridge uh, to, to steal them. But then I came back to my parents' house and now I'm 40 years old acting like I'm 12 and my mom buys all my groceries and does my laundry. It's beautiful. Um, I've had a wonderful time performing. Thank you so much. I'm very proud to be here and proud to be, I'm humbled to be part of this organization or part of this event for this amazing organization. Congratulations, woman. Uh, you should be proud and uh, I'll give it back to Nikki. Yay. Thank you, Liz. Let's give her some snaps and some claps and some everything else. She's sexually dormant, everybody. That's a Facebook <laughs> status, boo. Sexually dormant. Own that. Love that. Thank you. And Thank I would you. love to see you go before Judge Judy, um, Liz, <laughs> about stealing the products. Can you imagine Judge Judy? Young lady, are you kidding me? Oh, I know. Oh, swipes. All right. That was what you call improv, guys. Yeah. That's what <laughs> little, I just did. Little crowd work. Yeah, look, right, right. Okay. We're going to keep this thing flowing uh, because we're women. Wink, wink. Um, and we're going to, I'm going to toss it to Amanda Gordon. Hi, I am Amanda Gordon. I'm a rising junior at NYU and I was awarded the Judy Corman Memorial Scholarship from Scholastic by New York Wiki. Ladies Who Laugh is an annual fundraiser that supports students like me and their mission is to empower women at every career stage from women in the C-suite to students like all the scholarship winners. I'm happy to say we've already raised, I believe, $1,304, and any amount is welcome. So thanks for supporting New York Wiki. Thank you, Amanda. And we're going to keep the jokes flowing. Our next performer, boy, oh boy, mm -hmm. she is a comedian. She has her own mm -hmm. podcast. It's called Fake the Nation. And she's also the author of a book. I've heard her plug her book on NPR, um, How to Make White People Laugh. 
and she's a regular <laughs> panelist on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Maybe you've seen her on HBO's High Maintenance. I present to you Nagin Farsad. Hey, hello, everybody. Oh, hi, hi. Uh, I just also want to go ahead and introduce my Pomeranian. Um, he'll be joining me this evening um, as I regale you possibly uh, with some, uh, with a tale. Um, so I, so I just want to give you a little picture of my um, lockdown situation. You may in fact hear my baby crying in the background. I'm not sure, but I have the particular joy slash terror um, uh, from the beginning of being in a lock in lockdown with a 17 month old. Um, and the start of her terrible twos basically corresponded with a global pandemic, which was really poetic. <laughs> um, this is, um, you know, it's, it's a generally a time of parental indignity, this, this here uh, pandemic. Um, and, and then the terrible twos are, uh, you know, the babies, they throw tantrums and then they quite literally slap you in the face. She slapped me in the face today. Anyways, I feel loved. Um, but today I wanted to tell you guys about the very first parental indignity that I experienced. And that was uh, the delivery. Um, the delivery was intense, as you can imagine. Um, what's supposed to happen basically in a normal delivery, and I'm not even sure if I should be telling the scholars this because I don't want to put you off of motherhood, but here it is. What's supposed to happen in a normal delivery is that the baby is in your uterus, right? And then the cervix is like a door to the uterus and it pops open and the baby falls right through and is just ready to play tennis. That's what's supposed to happen. Um, but my cervix it wouldn't open. Uh, apparently my cervix is made from some sort of like titanium material. Uh, it is so strong, you guys, like nothing is getting through this cervix. Like Trump should build his wall out of my cervix. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make you guys feel like bad about your cervix eye or whatever. I'm just saying that like, this is the great wall of vagina that we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they really, they did everything to try and open this cervix, right? Like they threw a car jack in there to like crank it open. Um, they didn't, they, um, they tried an elaborate system of like levers and pulleys. Uh, they tried whispering sweet nothings to charm it open. Uh, the, the doctors even tried like this good cop, bad cop routine. Like, look, I understand you don't want to open, but my partner's a real dick. Uh, they tried reverse psychology, uh -huh. like, you know what? Don't open. We don't care. Don't open. Nothing worked. Nothing worked. And, and I can't tell you like exactly what they did because, uh, they put a curtain up, right? Um, I was in stirrups and they put a curtain up so I couldn't see what they were doing on the other side. And on my side, there was a puppet show. Uh, it was like a really surprising revival of Avenue Q, which was actually, it was really good. Um, but I can tell you what it felt like. So it felt like um, some guy threw a fully scrambled Rubik's cube into my birth canal. And then he tried to solve it while he was in there with his big man hands. Um, and at one point, point he almost got it right like there was it looked completely done except for there was one red cube on the green side so then oh he had to re-scramble the whole thing and then start all over uh and he was in there for so long that my uterus got gentrified you know um and I knew that we lost the neighborhood when a Whole Foods opened up right next to a Trader Joe's but I really did appreciate the convenience of having both if we're honest um so after 25 hours of labor 
thank you. I'm a martyr. Uh, my doctor comes in and she's like, I'm impressed. You have a really high pain threshold. And I was like, well, I'm a comedian. So that tracks. <laughs> um, she said, uh, and this was even pre- like comedian pre-Zoom. Am I right? Uh, she said, okay, so you have two options. You can either have a C-section or you can die. Those are your options. Take discuss it with your husband and get back to me. Uh, spoiler alert, I chose the C-section. Um, so they had to give me an epidural to like numb my bottom half, right? And um, what you guys don't know is I'm wearing, like it looks like I'm wearing an outfit and then, but down here I'm wearing like shorts and like ridiculousness and I'm embarrassed. But anyways, they're trying to numb my bottom half. And what they do for that is like they give you an epidural by tapping your spine, right? And immediately I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. Like, should we start a book club? I'm made of cotton candy, you know? And it was wonderful immediately. But even though I felt so much better, I still had this like pain window, just a little like window in my abdomen where I could still feel pain. Um, So they keep tapping my spine again to give me a new epidural. And still, I have this pain window, just this area that the epidural cannot access, right? Sort of like men and their empathy. Um, So Uh they keep tapping my spine. And eventually, it's just like maple syrup is coming out. That one's for the people in Vermont. What's up? Okay. Um, So... So they had to put me under and they suggested ketamine. And I was like, do you mean the club drug ketamine? And they, <laughs> right, because I hadn't brought my glow sticks to that C-section rate. And they were like, yes, that can mean. And you'll be going into a K-hole. And I was like, K-hole, is that a medical term? Because this is Mount Sinai. And I feel like you're moments away from using the term lit incorrectly. So Naturally, um, Skrillex administers the special thing. <laughs> and the first thing I say as I go under is, oh, my God, this is happening. <laughs> Remix, right? And I immediately go through space and time and multiple dimensions of the universe. I question myself. I question consciousness. I get real Albert Camus real fast. I had a like a Kanye, am I Muslim Jesus moment. <laughs> Um, anyways, he's a presidential candidate. It's a fun America. Um, at one point, I ran into, by the way, I didn't turn on the lights and like, it's like weird uh, thunderstorms outside and uh, and it's suddenly very dark. And anyways, I feel like I'm now telling a horror story, which is sometimes I am. Um, so anyways, I'm in this K-hole. And at one point, I ran into a bunch of historical figures, right? Gandhi was like, I am a collage artist now. Um, and I ran into Abraham Lincoln, who was like, I don't think anyone would remember me. Like, dude, we talk about you all the time. How are you the most insecure president? Like, how many elementary schools need to be named after you for you to turn off that self-critical voice, Abe? Um, and then I landed in the anchor point of my K-hole, which was uh, a space shuttle that was obviously being helmed by the actor Emma Stone, who you might know from such films as Aloha. Um, <laughs> I said, let's see what you're because that's her worst film. All right. Emma Stone was like, 
Um, hi, I have vocal nodules. Uh, but we hang out and we're like having brunch basically and people watching space. And at some point I get catapulted back into the ER and I realize that the operation is still going on because there's like a couple of doctors rummaging around my abdomen, like exploring all the nooks and crannies, I guess, looking for a baby. And I suddenly realize that I can feel all of the pain. I can feel everything, just the organs shifting around the open wound, the pain, just all of the pain, everything. I can feel it all. So I start screaming bloody murder, at which point I hear the anesthesiologist say out loud, well, see, when you scream like that, it makes me look bad. <laughs> so isn't that sad? I made him look bad. <laughs> So he gives me more ketamine. I go back into my K-hole and I land right back with Emma Stone in the space shuttle. Uh, and for some reason, me and Emma start totally shitting on London, like how the weather sucks, how the most interesting thing about the English is that they pronounce vitamins, vitamins. And we were just like laying into the UK. And here's the thing about a K-hole. Um, you narrate your K-hole, right? So like I was doing everyone's dialogue. I was doing Emma Stone's dialogue. I was doing Abraham Lincoln's dialogue, right? Like everyone. So we're finally done. And my consciousness is brought back to the ER. And the first thing that my doctor says is not like, congratulations, you have a baby girl. Um, it was like, wow, you really hate London, huh? Because um, it turns out my K-hole sounded like a really bratty TripAdvisor post, um, which brings a whole new meaning to TripAdvisor. What, what? And then, um, and they were like, oh, yeah, 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 you have a baby girl. She's healthy. It has all 10 fingers and 10 toes. And, you know, I held her in my arms. Um, and I said, uh, you better be worth it because I had to, like, go to space and hang out with Emma Stone for you. Uh, and it turns out she is worth it. Um, and I hope that this story hasn't traumatized any of our younger members on this call. Uh, that's it for me, you guys. Nagin Farsad, everyone. Oh my gosh, Nagin. You need to go on tour with that story. Uh, mm -hmm. That will curtail uh, the, the population rate. Uh, that story. <laughs> uh, honestly. Oh my goodness. Is this, was this did this, any of this really, was that your experience? You had to have a, a C-section like that? Yeah, like that. I was, I, that was the first time I tripped on a major drug. <laughs> I, I didn't even know. It. I think it's a really good way to get kids not to do drugs for the record. Cause I did not have a good time. You did not. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ket I didn't even know. Don't they use ketamine? Isn't that like a horse tranquilizer? A horse tranquilizer and just like a really fun rave drug. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. I think um, that that was wild and that was fun. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about um, how to make white people laugh? Your book and and oh. why you titled it that. Yeah, well, I'm um, I'm an Iranian American Muslim like all of you, and um, the uh, my daughter also. My husband's black, and my my baby that makes my baby a Blaranian. Uh, so you know, we just want to make it extra confusing for everybody. But she'll be on the cover of all the brochures, which is nice. Um, and uh, yeah, so I wrote about my. It's like a memoir meets social justice comedy manifesto, and I talk a lot about my. Um, 
you know, my childhood and my, uh, and all the weird stuff I've done. Like I've sued, um, the MTA here in New York state, uh, for the right to put up funny posters about Muslims. Um, and among other things, I think I, guess, I saw you, were you in the New York post? They did a I story was, about that. Yeah, I was in, uh, oh my God, that thing, you know, I think if, if you're basically, if you're like a Muslim comedian suing a major state agency, you get a lot of press for it. So, um, I was in all of those things because they were like, this is ridiculous. Uh, how comedians have to sue the government to, you know, for the right to put up funny posters about themselves. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, we won. Um, so now if anybody's interested in putting up funny posters about, um, Muslims in a loving way, uh, <laughs> which is what we were trying to do, um, then you now have that right. That's wonderful. My favorite little detail, I'll share my little favorite little detail about that whole thing is that, um, when they go, when you, uh, when you, you go through all the process of working with the MTA to try and come up with the material, they, they, um, they tell you, oh, you can't use that font, you can't use that word, you can't use that, that color, whatever. So you have to like really work with them. And, um, you know, you couldn't use the word poop or penis, um, which cut out like half of our material. Yeah, that's um, 75% of my act. Right, exactly. It's a yeah. nightmare. So, uh, so yeah, so we, we, but then my favorite little detail is that in my, my production company is called Vaguely Qualified Productions. And that was the company that sued the MTA. So forever, um, there is a court case in, you know, the New York archives that is vaguely qualified versus the MTA. <laughs> I love that. And that's a great segue into how I got this MC job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love your humor. I like to do political humor sometimes. Like, um, you know, there's so much going on. We have to make light of things. And I don't know if anyone's paying attention, but they're they're basically trying to dismantle the Affordable Care Act, which is, I don't know what the rest of America is going to do. Luckily for me, my next door neighbor used to practice sorcery back in Zimbabwe. So <laughs> he's just going to sprinkle a little palm oil on whatever's wrong with me. All right. Enough of that. Okay, we're going to move on to the next portion of the night. Um, Let's give it up one more time for Nagin Farsad and Liz Simmons. Clap, snap. We love those ladies and their funny comedy. And I'm going to toss it to Haley Aldrich now. All right. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Haley Aldrich. I'm a rising junior at Ithaca College, and I was awarded the Hearst Corporation Scholarship by New York Women in Communications. Hope you're all having a great time so far tonight. Um, the pledges are still coming in, and we are currently at $1,694 pledged, which is awesome. So keep it coming. It's going to a great place, and we really appreciate it. And I'm going to throw it back to Nikki and keep on going. All right. Let's um let's move forward with our next comedian of the evening. Jackie Fabulous captured America's hearts on uh, America's Got Talent, and she was a semifinalist on the the 2019 season. And she's really a veteran of comedy. She's been on the Arsenio Hall show, Gotham Comedy Live, Fox, BT, Last Comic Standing. Kevin Hart's um, LOL Network. And um, you may have seen her as a talking head on CW or NBC's I Do. Let's give a fabulous snap clap for the fabulous Jackie Fabulous. 
Yay! Can you hear me? Am I unmuted? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Am I I'm clear? Yeah. Just a second. Well, try and contain your enthusiasm, ladies. Don't get so riled up <laughs> about me. I mean, my God, it's very, very, it's like an AA meeting in here. Everybody relax. It's, um, <laughs> are we allowed to cuss? Is this a corporate gig? Can I be myself? Would I have to watch my language? No? Thank fucking God. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> You know, I uh, we're all quarantining, sheltering in place, and I uh, I'm quarantining with my mother, and um, you know that's just challenging. I lived in LA for 20 years, and I moved back to New York to save up, pay off some bills, and maybe buy a house. And then coronavirus is like, no, bitch, not no, you're not, not yet. So I'm going through a bit of a transition, and living with your mother when you have not lived at home for 20 years, you know, it's it's humbling. I am. Um, I've, I've graduated from Chardonnay to cocaine, um, because you know, living with your mother, you kind of realize that you're not all that. You're a child again. I I, I live back in the the room that I grew up in. I'm back in my childhood home, my childhood bedroom. To give you perspective, this is the first place I masturbated in. Is in this room. Like I learned about sex in this room. So full circle. Who knew that I would have sex all around the country and come right back to the first place I ever had an orgasm. I didn't know that's the way life would take me. Um, I, um, I know we're going to, in a hundred days is the election. I keep seeing the countdown and I swear, are we ready? I don't think we, we're not sure we can go to Petco yet. Are we ready to have a president? We don't even know what's going on. I don't care what your affiliation is. Here's the thing. Clearly I'm going to vote for Biden. I'm not the other guy's audience. I mean, you know, and um, here's the thing about him. He's been talking about forgiving student loans. That's been a big, you know, point of contention with Congress and all these acts that keep passing and, uh, or bills or whatever the hell the process is. And uh, I have a lot of student loans. You know, I, my degrees are on the wall. Clearly, I'm not doing any of that for a living and uh, still have a lot of loans. If, if Biden can forgive my student loans, he can bring back slavery and I'd be OK with it. I'd be like, you know what? At least I'd have a job. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he would forgive my student loans, pedophilia, I mean, is she 18? I mean, 19? No, you know, don't don't go too young. So that's how I feel about, you know, Biden and stuff. And being at home, I um I accidentally got into a serious relationship uh when quarantine began. Like literally March twelfth, when they told everyone you can't go anywhere. You can't go shopping. You can't talk to strangers. That's when I decided to get a really serious boyfriend. So, <laughs> yay for me. Um, he doesn't live here. Thank God. He'd be dead by now. We don't live together. I would have killed him in his sleep. I can't. I'm not ready to go from single girl to man under my nose all the time. And it's a challenge. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm proud that I'm having a lot of sex. I'm really, give it up for me. Hand in the air if you're happy for me. Yeah. But um, it's too much. I didn't, it's too much. Because, you know, quarantine sex, you know what it is? Quarantine sex is prison sex, but you're allowed to go home. There's no, it's, it's the same, it's the same. I break up with him every two days just to give hoo-ha a break. Like, I'm like, look, I, it's not you, it's me. And it's really just me telling my vagina, I know you're hurting. I'm going to give you a day off. I had no idea. I have never had this much intercourse in my life. It's fantastic, but I'm also exhausted. 
Um, so he's home right now, away from me. Thank God. And I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure he and I are gonna work because he's a. Uh, we're the same age, you know. But he's not a man of the world. He's very old school. Like, I don't know if you guys know. I guess his demographic. But we all know hip hop. He he dresses. He dresses like he thinks Naughty by Nature might come back. <laughs> Have you heard of the group Naughty by Nature and Tretch? You young ones, you millennials, look it up. It's a the music was fantastic. You know, OPP, all that stuff. But you see how they dressed. You know, several layers. I'm like, are you a Marine? He wears so many layers of clothing. Like, when I want to undress him for sex, it takes 20 minutes. <laughs> because he's wearing, first of all, he has on the box of briefs. And, you know, that's good. That's one layer. Then he'll have on basketball shorts over that. I'm like, are the Knicks going to call you? What's the athletic gear for? And then over the athletic shorts are camo shorts. I'm like, I don't... I'm dry now. I don't want to have sex anymore. Why do you have on so many goddamn layers? Are you about to go to war? I don't understand what all this clothing is for. And the problem I have with him, and I'm trying to be supportive because we're in the quarantine and people are trying to revisit their career goals and maybe reset them. He, he's 49 years old and he just bought DJ equipment. I can see by all of your faces, you understand that that's not... If you're not a DJ, by the time you're 31, it's over. Your, your dreams are dead. You don't get to buy equipment when you are over 40, better less 35. Okay? And all the equipment is in the bedroom, in the middle of the room, between the front, the door, to get in there, and the bed. I have to walk past the, the, the ghost of DJ's past <laughs> to go lay down to go have sex. I got to walk past <laughs> Grandmaster Flash's gravesite to go have You know how... You know how how much that kills your libido to walk past turntables that are never going to pay him money? <laughs> but I have to love him. I have to love him because he loves me. He's He cooks a lot. He feeds me. He's really great with all that. Um, I'm trying to be, you know, I'm a feminist. Most of us are. And I'm trying to be like him where I'm like, I want to do what he does. So marijuana, I live in New York. And marijuana here is just not, it's not the same. You still got to have a drug dealer out here. You still have to know people, hang out with degenerates. It's not, I live in LA. LA, they gave, they paid me for comedy shows with joints. You understand? Where I used to live, marijuana was like candy. It was falling out the goddamn sky. So here, you have to find it. And he's been a marijuana connoisseur for years. So I'm like, you know what? I could do what you do. I'm a big woman. I'm grown. I'm a feminist. I can smoke what you smoke. I really, I really shouldn't. I didn't know. Um, one time we were smoking at his kitchen table and uh, I smoked what he smoked. I got so high. I got up to go use the bathroom. On the walk to the bathroom, I stopped to lay down and take a nap in the hallway. <laughs> Do you know what kind of high that is to be like, I'm sleepy. I'm going to lay down right here on the hardwood floors. And I was gone for so long when he came out and nudged me i popped up like oh my bad i just wanted a quick nap i was so high it wasn't even unusual behavior in my mind you know how high you have to be to have that be your normal life but uh a little bit more my you know my last joke i'll tell you about when i was really too high and i learned that i have to pull back um time wow it's almost over i'll get to it now um there's a thing dispensaries you could buy pre-rolls in la 
and pre-rolls, you know, for you young ones, be careful because you don't know what's in it. It could be cocaine, PCP. It may not be actual weed because they use the remnants of whatever's left over and put it in a joint and they sell them pre-rolled. So I had a pre-roll with a friend of mine, not the boyfriend, a guy from the past. And this is how I learned that I, I don't smoke much anymore because I, I'm, I'm studying to take the bar exam in California. I'm trying to, you know, level up my life. But I was smoking with a friend of mine, and we had some mystery joint that I swear must have had acid. It was so strong. Let me tell you how strong it was. We were having intercourse uh, in my apartment in L.A., and we were sitting on my couch. I like all the lights off. I'm a very, it's sexy when it's dark. I don't want to see anything. So he's sitting on the couch, and I'm sitting on his lap, facing him, straddling him, right? Very sexy. And uh, it was so dark. I was so high, and he was so high. But I was so high I forgot who was inside of me <sighs> do you know how high you have to be to forget who and it's so dark I didn't want to get up to turn on the light and ruin the momentum so I'm looking around the dark room for clues I'm like sneakers I need to see something to let me know who the fuck this is he had on a hat but it wasn't a baseball cap so I'm like who wears hats like this you have no And then I'm like, oh, my God, did I consent? I consented. So that's checked off. No problem there. The lights, we we were done. I turned the lights on. And I'm like, oh, woo! thank God. Oh, my God, thank God it's you. I like you. This could have ended so differently. So here's the thing. You are too high when you are in the middle of making love. And the person who's inside of you and your thoughts go this way. Whose dick is this? (laughs) That's too high. And that is my PSA for all the young ladies watching. Thank you for having me. That was quick. Ten minutes. Thank you guys for having me. Yay. What a PSA. (laughs) What a PSA. Oh, my goodness, Jackie. I could listen to personal details of your life. Take me on the Jackie journeys. I am there. I have so many. Every story. (laughs) That was so much fun. Where are you now, Jackie? I'm Are you in Brooklyn? Bronx. No, the Bronx. I'm in the Bronx. Bronx. Born and raised here. Came right back here when I moved back home. Awesome. And, uh, but, but you have a law degree, right? Did you yeah, study yeah, law? Yeah. I went to law school. I graduated maybe 15, no, about 15 years ago. But I, I, I had jobs that utilized the degree, but I never took the bar. Only because of fear. I don't have any good reason. Just fear, low self-esteem, and being home during the quarantine, I'm like, well, I can still be a comic and work, but what can I do to use my time wisely? And I'm like, oh, I never finished what I started. I can take the bar. And it's been a challenge because they, they keep can- they cancel the New York bar coming up. They cancel the California bar and reschedule it. So I'm really in a place where I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm back to focusing on stand-up and TV projects because the bar exam, you know, Corona won't let me live my best life. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to level up, but the virus is like, no, do this. So right. Right. we're all figuring it out. Well, we wish you the best on your next chapter, your next journey, and you. you're multi-talented, hilarious, <laughs> and Wherever you may go, we send you our positive energy. And that was our headliner. One more time for Jackie Fabulous. Thank you, ladies. I love the way it looks. All women. I, this, is the, this, is, this is the audience of my dreams. I love when the audiences <laughs> are all girls. No boys. No and boys. Some, and some of you ladies look very unhappy with how dirty I was. Catherine and Julie, fix your face. 
<laughs> this is how I make a living. You look disappointed in how nasty I was. I have, I'm, I'm clean also, but we're in a pandemic. We're going to die. <laughs> and I'm that gonna... was your motivational speaker of the night. <laughs> there <ladies>. you go. <laughs> Jackie Fabulous. Loosen motivational. Up, <laughs> Thank you, ladies. All right. Thank you. And I am going to pass it to Chelsea Orcutt right now. Hi, everyone. I am actually going to pass it over to one of our scholarship winners, Brooke, um, to give us a final update on the, the donations from tonight. Take it away. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Brooke. I'm a rising senior at Pace University, and I was awarded an interpublic group scholarship. So the pledges are still coming in. Right now, we're at a total of $1,744 raised, which is great. Thank you so much, everyone. Oh, my goodness. This was New York Women in Communications' first ever virtual Ladies Who Laugh comedy show Give me some thumbs up if this was fun for you. I see some people crying. Um, For the people (laughs) that we made cry, we're so sorry. It's just comedy. It's just comedy. But keep supporting this wonderful organization. Stay safe. And let's do um, like Jazz Energy. This is like energy hands to all of our scholarship recipients Wherever you may go in your journey, we wish you a safe journey and the best of luck in your endeavors. And that concludes the evening. Thank you so much. I'm Nikki Sunshine. You've been listening to Coffee Break with New York Wiki. I'm your host, Julie Hockheiser Ilkovich. Thank you to the amazing team that works on this podcast. Chelsea Orcutt, Elizabeth Roberts, Chrisanne Grise, Mandy Carr, and Alex Fetter, who wrote our original theme music. And thank you to everyone at New York Wiki who supports us, including, but not limited to, the team at Kellen, Deidre Wyeth, and June Price, who designed the show's logo and does all of our graphics. For more information about Coffee Break with New York Wiki, go to nywiki.org podcast. That's nywiki.org podcast. Thanks for listening.